0: Well, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. Good to see you. Welcome to Life Community, everybody in the room, and welcome to those of our church family uh, joining us online from various places as well. We are glad you are with us as well. And uh, before I dive into the message, I just want to add one thing to what Jason said on Outpour Movement. Um, You'll see Ray and Candice around here and meet them. They're, they're great people. They're good friends. Um, but also, they are launching a new program to meet some of the critical needs right now. Our church planners are working in these areas of Myanmar and through those distribution networks. Um, if you follow the news, uh, Myanmar is in a really tough place right now. And so we have the opportunity. And as a church, I want to let you know your generosity is helping is going to help support about 150 people for, with basic necessities for a month. Okay? So we're doing that. But if you have a heart to be involved in that as well um, on a and help us reach even more people uh, for the next about a week or so week and a half, we're opening a special fund if you give online, you can go. It's called the Myanmar Relief Fund. You'll see it up there. Um, or if uh, you give via check or something and you want to give towards that, you have a heart to give towards that separate than, you know, what you give towards the church, um, you can uh, just drop it in there and just write Myanmar or outpour on it and uh, that's going to go to Support their work over there. And keep those church planners in prayer. All right. We are in a series, a short series called Stepping Up. And we've been looking at living life in a wise way. Uh, We've been looking at last week um, generations and how we want to influence generations. And today I want to talk about stepping up to really be a people who take seriously hearing God's voice in our lives. I think for so many. Believers, so many followers of Jesus, this is a real struggle in our lives. Um, so many people are just like, I don't, I don't really know how to hear him, or I, I pray and I don't really like think he's speaking to me, I don't really get anything right, or I, I pray and I just fall asleep, um, kind of like Jesus' disciples did. That's I, feel, I find that, you, you ever tried praying in bed in the morning? And it's just like, ah, oh, snooze, I'll, I'll just pray, I'll snooze my alarm and pray for a few minutes, and you're like, you know, And Jesus, I remember, you know, Jesus, he told his disciples, he's like, can't you guys even stay awake for an hour and pray? Sometimes I feel like that. Maybe some of you do as well. Um, Or sometimes it just feels like he's silent when you need him the most. And you've been really calling out to him, really seeking him for an issue in your life. And it just doesn't seem like um, he's actively talking to you, communicating. And for some of you, you're like, well, I don't even really know. Like, does God even speak to us, like communicate, give leading individually today? Does that even happen? And let me just say, um, both from scripture and from personal experience of many, many testimonies, here's here's what I believe. I, you see in scripture that God speaks in all kinds of ways. He communicates in all kinds of ways. He leads his people in lots of ways. Uh, he even used a donkey once uh, to talk to somebody and correct a wayward prophet. Um, he, he speaks. You know, he spoke to Moses out of a burning bush, right? He uses angels sometimes and dreams and visions and impressions and the still, small voice, the leading of his Holy Spirit. He uses advice from other people, sometimes allowing people to to know things like they would kind of have no business knowing about someone else. And God uses those kind of things. You see that all throughout Scripture. And then I've heard just countless testimonies of things like that. I've told you many times how... The Lord spoke to my dad by literally a message written on a big screen TV as he was praying in his mind, like before they had TVs like that. Um, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, he saw a moving picture, like vision, of waves of young people uh, going over the continents when he was a teenager. Well, in the decades since, there's been literally millions of young people that Youth with a Mission, the organization he started, has has sent out, that poured over every continent in this world. Um, I've been hearing incredible stories recently about how, how Jesus is actually appearing in dreams and visions to people many times in Muslim nations and calling them and inviting them to follow him. I have a friend uh, that goes here that God literally spoke to him when he was on a drug trip, and that's what corrected his life. Um, one time, when we were really struggling and thinking and praying about starting a church, and it was really before we are letting anybody, like, know in on the process, this friend of our family uh, who, interestingly enough, uh, uh, is married to the person th- this couple started, uh, the Palisade Mustard Seed, a sister church, later. But she's a teenager, and she, she calls my wife. She's like, I don't really usually, like, remember my dreams, but I had two dreams that you and Tim were planning a church we just sorry this week, and we're reminded of that. It's like, oh, yeah. And you know what was so interesting about that? I mean, like, if it was just random and out of the blue, I'd just be like, eh, whatever. You know, that's kind of weird. But the timing of it made us, like, really pay attention. God, what are you doing? How are you communicating here? And so, yes, I, I firmly believe that based on Scripture and personal experience and countless testimonies, I believe that God does communicate with us and lead us and guide us in life. And yet, this is a real struggle for so many followers of Jesus. When it comes to following the leading of God, there's all kinds of interesting scriptures, but I I read one recently. I read this passage a while back, and it just really spoke to me. It's in the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 9. And if you're with us as we preach through the book of Exodus, uh, you'll remember the scene after Mount Sinai where where God gives them the law, the people his people the law and the 10 commandments, the book of the covenant and speaks to him speaks to the people his principles for organizing their nation and then he gives them the plans for the tabernacle or the tent of meeting where God would come and dwell with his people in a profound way. And they Take a big offering and everybody's moved and gives and then they build the tent of meeting and they dedicate it and God's presence comes in a very unique and powerful way and dwells in the midst of his people. It's a powerful scene. I just want to read it for you in Numbers chapter 9 and then talk about some things we can see in here in the context of following God's leading in our lives says this, on the day that the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That was how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. The glory of God came in a very profound way. Can you imagine being there, seeing that as, as this cloud descends? And you know that's the presence of God, the glory of God in a profound, unique way. It's this visual representation of that, right? At night, you look up, and there's that tent of meeting, and just the glow from that would be powerful. It would impact you, I think. Verse 17, and here's where we get to how God led them for this period. For for about 38 years, as they wandered through the desert, this is how God led them. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's commands, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Now, let me just ask, don't you wish that's how it was in life when it came to hearing God's voice? It's like, well, that would make it easy, wouldn't it? Cloud, descend, cloud, lift. You're like, okay, just kind of a no-brainer. We just get to follow, right? Anybody, you wish that's kind of how you heard from God, it was a little more clear in your life? All right, where was I? Let's see. Verse 21. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Isn't that a beautiful picture of following God? Just this account of the people, of God so um, powerfully and clearly leading his people. And really, all they had to do was pay attention and obey, right? He, he the cloud is as they saw this cloud the glory of the lord god's presence in their midst and yet if you know the story of the people of god they had a hard time following god even though he led them that clearly i mean they grumbled they complained the generation that that saw the presence of god come down on the tent that witnessed that can you imagine the first few weeks as as every night you're seeing this the the glow above this this tent and then it lifts and leads you and this this the presence of god the glory of god the cloud led them to the very edge of the promised land where god had taken them and remember he had delivered them he brought them you know through the red sea plagues on egypt all that but then this very generation actually shrunk back, fear took over, and they refused to follow God into the promised land like he'd called them to. And so just because God led them did not mean that they necessarily followed him. And so I think that's very interesting. Sometimes it is clear when God speaks to you. Don't you you wish it was clear more often? Sometimes it is clear. And you just know, I mean you know, God spoke to us. I know as we were, you know, praying about planning the church, I told you that one story, lots of stories of how God just clearly confirmed. First, it was just a crazy idea. And then it was like, God just started sending these confirmations. And we're like, okay, God, this is really you. I get it. And I remember telling some of these stories. um, This was five years before we ever started the process of planning the church. But we were just praying and God was like really speaking to us about this. And I remember sharing this with a guy named Jay, Jay Pathick, who's going to be the new national director of Vineyard USA. And Jay looks at me and I thought this was his line, but he was just quoting Carol Wimber, uh, who said the same thing to him. So I'm like, oh, I heard this later at a conference. I'm like, you just ripped that off. Uh, that's what pastor, we just pass on stuff, we, good stuff we hear, right? That's what it's all about. And sometimes God gives us a unique take. But he's like, well, you know what it means if it's that clear. It means it's going to be really hard. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You're like the church planning coach. and You're supposed to be encouraging me. But it was, you know. And, and in that first year, as we struggled, and one of the things that kept us in the game was we knew that God had clearly spoken to us. And so, so sometimes God communicates really clearly to you and leads you in a very clear way. And sometimes that is specifically for the reason that he knows you need that kind of clarity to follow him in the mission he's given you. So sometimes it's clear, but many times it's not so clear. Many times you're, you're not quite sure how to follow God in that season. How do you, how do you know what to do? How do you know how to follow God's leading when it's not clear like that? How do you hear God's voice when you're struggling to hear him, when you have a decision you need to make, and you're trying to get, to, to see like, God, what are you leading me in this? Well, we've talked about this a lot over the years at Life Community, and so I've got A few things I want to highlight from this passage, but before we do, I want to remind you, or for those that are new around here, I want to loop you in on a few of the things that I think are like basics. This is the 101 level, okay? These are the basics. If you want to uh, experience God's leading in your life and actually clearly hear him, or if you want to um, have a sense of what he's leading you to do, these are the 101 things. These are the prerequisites, So here's a couple of them. Uh, The first one is this, to be serious about learning Scripture. You need to be serious about learning Scripture. One of our values here is biblically serious, responsive to the Holy Spirit. We're serious about Scripture. Why? Because that Scripture is our authority. The Reformers said, sola scriptura. Sola fide, sola scriptura. Only Scripture, only faith. And there are some other sayings, right, in the creeds. This means that the scripture is the authority for our life. The scripture is the thing that will keep you from drinking the Kool-Aid. If you don't know that, go look it up. Jim Jones, cult leader. It's the thing that will keep you from deception because your heart oftentimes will lead you in a direction that's actually not where God's leading you. Your heart says, hey, I think you should move in before you're married and just try it out. The scripture is the thing that goes, well, that sounds right. That's what culture says, and that's what feels right. But actually, Scripture says, no, it has a different ethic for life and practice. It's the thing that keeps us from deceiving ourselves. Paul said to the people in Acts, I, I, I taught you the whole counsel of God. He, he called the, uh, the Bereans more noble than the other people. Why? Because they didn't just accept everything they heard. They went and they searched the Scriptures to see if what these crazy apostles were teaching was actually true. And they came and said, well, it is what they're teaching about Jesus. And so you need to be in the scriptures. And man, I know sometimes you're busy, you got lots of things to do. I think we have some Bible reading plans out at the spotlight desk there. Um, You could get a jump on it. Normally we encourage you every January to start. You could start now and you'll probably miss a few, but you'll be way ahead when we hit January. You'll be like months ahead on your New Year's resolution. So you could do that. Or, you know, a great way, I like listening to the Bible on audio. You just download the Bible app. Search for, uh, there's an 11-day plan called Hearing God's Voice by Rick Warren. Interesting, just going through some scripture. Just put that on for 10 minutes every day on your way into work as you're driving. Like, that's your, turn off the radio, the distraction. Just put it on. That's a great way to begin to get scripture into your heart. It's one of my favorite ways is listening through. So be serious about learning scripture. Number two, spend time listening to God in prayer. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. But if you're not a person of prayer, you're, you're probably not going to be hearing from God very often. And if your only prayer is, God, thank you for this meal, and Lord, this is the crisis that I'm going on that is in my life today, you may not be hearing from God because you're not pausing to actually listen to what he would speak to your heart. Number three, seek wisdom wisdom and godly counsel. He says, ask God for wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. Asking the question, what is the wise thing to do, is one of the best things you can ask. You know, oftentimes a a decision isn't overtly sinful, but if you really stop and ponder a decision in your life, you're like, what is the wise thing to do? Well, I know my my past history, so going on that... um, You know, spring break trip with all those people. Maybe not sinful just to go, but I know my history. What's the wise thing to do? I know my history with that group of people. What's the wise thing to do? Oftentimes, just that simple thing. Or seeking, listening to the counsel of those in your life that love God. Because so many times other people can see things that you can't see. And you can avoid a world of hurt. And a lot of times God uses other people to influence us and guide us. So that, that's seek wisdom and godly counsel. Um, do the last thing God told you to do. Don't expect him to lead you in a fresh new way if you haven't obeyed the last thing that he told you to do, right? And confess sin. Confess unre- unconfessed sin. <clears throat> confess sin and forgive others. You're holding unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart. I wouldn't expect to hear too much from God except for on that issue. And in fact, maybe for some of you, that's why you've actually stopped praying is because every time you, you listen to God, he speaks to you on one of these issues, and you're like, I don't really want to deal with that. you got to deal with that stuff if you want to hear from God in a fresh way as far as leading in your life. And so those are basics. That's 101. And if you go to our website, lifegj.org forward slash resources, I, I posted to another talk we did earlier in the year, Um, that we talked about some of the interesting, creative ways that God speaks. And so you could go and uh, listen to that talk. It's video and audio linked right there. Or also, I have a uh, link to one of my favorite all-time books. It's a great missionary story. It's Is That Really You, God? by Lauren Cunningham. And if you have not read that book, you should read that book because it's really encouraging and has a lot of insight. And so I've got a link to that right up there as well if you can't remember that title and uh, you should read that book. So those are the basics. those are 101s. But I think there's five additional critical actions or heart attitudes that we can see in this passage, actually, that if you don't do these five things, you risk missing the way that God wants to lead you and guide you and speak to you in your life as a follower of God. The first one is this: You need to cultivate an awareness of His presence cultivate awareness in your, of his presence in daily life. In uh, Numbers 9, and verse 16, it says, that's how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. And so here's, a- a- as you see this cloud descend, there's this profound awe and awareness that God's presence is in our midst. But you know what I bet happened? I, I wonder, and I bet happened. Eh, about week two, you kind of got used to it. You know, about week 20, you're like, kind of like back of your mind before you know it. Can you imagine after year one? It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Now, here's what's so interesting about this scene of the cloud descending on the tabernacle. If you flash forward in, um, and I'm not going to read it, but if you flash forward to Acts chapter 2, at the very beginning of the early church, Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit in power to his disciples to empower them for the work that he called them to do, which is to go out into the nooks and crannies, the ends of the earth, and make disciples. You and I are here because of that. And so he says, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to indwell you with the Holy Spirit. And, and when you see... On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit come. How does the Holy Spirit arrive? In tongues of fire. Little miniature pillars of cloud and fire over the heads of the disciples as they prayed and the others as they prayed in the upper room. What's happening there in that scene? It's a callback to Numbers 9, to Exodus, where, where the glory of God comes down on his people. And anyone who's reading this from a Jewish perspective knows exactly what's happening at this point. In fact, when they go out and they speak the word of God in, in all these different languages to all these different people, those people are from the very nations that rejected God all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. It's fascinating. He's like, whoa, there's so much like cool stuff there. This is a picture. So what's happening is it's the symbol of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for the work he's calling you and I to do in this world on a daily basis in our lives. And yet, how many times do you go through a whole day with not even giving a second thought to the fact that he's with you? One of the most powerful promises, I think the most promise, powerful promise that God makes us in scripture is the promise of his presence with us the greatest promise is his presence jesus said just like god tells uh, joshua i will never leave you or forsake you jesus echoes that i'll be with you to the end of the age and he, at the end of hebrews god tells us i will never leave you do you recognize that if you're a follower of jesus you carry the presence of the Holy Spirit with, within you. And Jesus, in a profound way, is with you on a daily basis. And your actions either bring glory to him or grieve him. You've got to cultivate an awareness of his presence daily in your life. If you do that, I think it would change things for you. Just the simple thing of getting up. Can you imagine if every day looked like this for you? You get up and you go, Wow, Jesus, I am so thankful you are with me today. And everywhere I go, I carry you to the world. What if you were aware of that all day long at work, in those conversations, in those groups at school? I think it would change things. I think it would reorient your life. Cultivate awareness of his presence. Verse 2, set your heart on his agenda. Numbers nine eighteen. it said, At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. And so the, the point of the leading of God is that this is God's agenda. He is taking them on a path where he's going to bring them to the inheritance he promised them. But it's his agenda to do this. Their job is to follow his leading. And you got to set your heart on his agenda. So many times, life is all about our agenda from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. Too many days. How would it change your life if, if the first thing you did in the morning was go, Lord, this day is about you? Lord, what would you lead me to do? Who would you lead me to reach? What's your agenda? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Something I did a, uh, a couple of years ago. I was trying these like micro habits in my life. And, and one of the things I did uh, was, was I had a checklist. And my goal was every day that year to pray the Lord's Prayer intentionally and thoughtfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy, hallowed, holy is your name. Hey, okay, Lord, this is about you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, this is all about you, your agenda, your kingdom. That's the main story here. I'm just part of that story. Life isn't all about my story. The story isn't about me. I get to participate in your story. Give us this day, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not gotten to my stuff yet. Now we'll get to some of my stuff. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. I'm trusting you to supply my needs. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I've been forgiven so much. Oh, good reminder. I'm holding some bitterness here. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, I know I am prone to temptation, so I'm asking your protection. Protect us. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. It's kind of a powerful thing. You pray that intentionally, not just... I mean, you can, you can just like rattle it off rote, and I did that a few days. But my goal is to, to really pray this intentionally every single day. It just resets your heart. It recenters you because we get so distracted. You got to set your mind on his agenda. It's a question of agendas. Do you want to hear from God more in your life? Get interested in his agenda. Ask him at the beginning of the day, what's your agenda for today? Who do you want me to reach today? God, what's your agenda for my soul? Because I want to hear from you. Maybe what you want to speak about is the condition in my heart, actually. It's a behavior. It's an attitude. It's the way I've been treating my family. What, God, what's your agenda in my life and in this world, and the relationships, in my workplace, in my school, in my family? You are God. You are the sovereign God of the universe. Set your heart on his agenda. Number three, pay attention daily. Pay attention. I think it's interesting in verse 20, it says, sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. Verse 21, sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. They had to pay attention. Keep your eye on that cloud. Because you've got to follow God. When, when the cloud goes up, we follow. The cloud stays there. Keep an eye on it. Make sure, we, make sure we're paying attention. They had to pay attention daily. Are you paying attention to the voice of the Holy Spirit daily in your life? I, I think if you want to start, because hearing from God on the big things, you need to start paying attention on what seem like the small things. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I often describe this as a tap on the shoulder or a still, small voice. What does that mean? Literally a whisper in your ear? No, not typically. Oftentimes, it's like a thought randomly enters your mind, and you're like, well, I wouldn't have thought that thought. I don't really even like them. But this thought's telling me to reach out to them? Okay. Pay attention to that. I've had times where God's done that specifically for some neighbors, and there was some real stuff going on there. And he was able to use me in their lives. Pay attention to that daily. When you, hear, when you hear somebody at work talking about the situation they're in, and this thing rises up, I should ask them if I can pray for them right here and now, and you're like, oh, scary. Do it. That's following the prompting of God, going, hey, can I just pray for you? I believe in a God that moves in this kind of situation. Do it. That's what listening and obeying daily looks like. Start following God daily in the small things and, and, and see what he will do in the big things. You want God's leading in a big, like, profound way in large decisions in your life? Great. Why don't you start by obeying when he just taps you on the shoulder today and says, hey, pay attention to that. Hey, make that phone call. Hey, send that text. And, and here's, what, here, here's what I think I've discovered in life. Sometimes the small things are the big things. And we tend to try to ignore the small things. Maybe the small thing is you're going you're gonna to reach out to somebody and God's actually going to get a hold of their life. You're going to pray for them. And God's actually going to show up and move in their life in a way that they're like, wow, God, God is real. And you're going to invite them to church and their life's going to be transformed. And they're going to be the next people starting the next ministry on the border of Nepal, Myanmar. I don't know. Maybe that's how the thing's going to work. Sometimes the little things are the big things. Sometimes your faithfulness just in your family and with your kids, that's the big stuff. Oftentimes the small things in life are the big things. We just don't recognize it at the time. Follow the prompting of God. God, God gives you a dream for like about a couple people a couple days, and you're like, well, that's weird. You feel like I should share that. You're like, well, they are weird You may be the the Hannah that shares the dream that actually helps confirm in the hearts of somebody what God's already been speaking to them. I wouldn't go reorganize your life because some random person tells you a dream they had about you. I wouldn't do that. Not wise. But God's already been prompting and speaking to you. That may be a tool he uses to confirm it. Now, don't, don't be very cautious. Sometimes God will show you a little nugget or a little something, and you, like, share it with somebody, and it'll actually really impact their life. Oftentimes those are called a word. He'll just give you some, something. Um, be humble, because there's a decent chance it's just the pepperoni pizza you ate last night. Don't be, don't be one of these weird people that's like, Thus saith the Lord. They stoned the prophets in the Old Testament, okay? False prophets. You offer something with humility. Hey, um, I, I don't know if this means anything to you. A little while after, uh, I can't remember if it was before or after this dream, um, I was in the small group struggling with God, is this really you? Are you really speaking this to us? And this guy who didn't know any information looks over at me and goes, I feel like God's saying, he was praying for me. I feel like God's saying, you've been hearing him, but you're questioning, you're hearing him. Does that mean anything to you? Ding, ding, ding. Yep, it does. You offer this thing in humility, like, I I don't know. And sometimes those are powerful moments in people's life. It's recognizing his prompting in the small things, in in, in the things that are seemingly insignificant. It's listening. Oftentimes he's talking to you more about who he wants you to become than about what he wants you to do about the relationship, the intimacy he wants to have with you, his heart for you. Pay attention daily. Number four, learn to be faithful while you wait. Learn to be faithful while you wait. Verse 22, whether the clouds stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp. Wait, can you imagine that? You're used to like the, the every other day kind of thing, you know? Man, we, we got up. It was like, whew, we went to bed and then we had to get up at 6 a.m. That cloud lifted again. You're on that kind of route and then all of a sudden it just stays for two weeks. And you go a little bit farther, it stays for a year. What was God teaching them? Be faithful in my leading, faithful in the thing I'm calling you to do. See, this is a pattern I see in Scripture so often. We read Scripture, and, and because the events are the highlight reel, oftentimes, you realize that God speaks to Abraham, says, go to this other country. Years pass. God comes again, confirms this amazing covenant with him. Years, you know, a year goes by or something, right? This is the way it works. It's a pattern you see in Scripture, The times that God leads dramatically are typically not the daily experience of Christian life. Sometimes God will lead you clearly and dramatically in your life, but that's not every day. A lot of times he leads you in those very clear ways because he wants to set you on a path. And then once you're on that path, guess what you get to do? Be faithful to the path he's called you to. I, we haven't heard a dramatic new thing from God in quite a while. Why? We're being faithful in the path he's called us to. And unless he communicates clearly, we got no other plans other than being faithful. Now, he's, he, so, so the thing I'm seeking God on is, God, how do, we, how do we reach our community more? How do we reach our world more? How do we disciple our, you more and your children more? How do we raise up a congregation full of world changers? But personally, being faithful, stepping it out, continuing the thing that God led us to. And you got to be faithful. Don't be ADD about your faith. Every day, God's calling you to different things. You're like, well, squirrel. Some of you, you're just like, that's my personality. Okay, that's fine. I mean, be faithful. Maintain relationships with your family and your friend. Be faithful to the, to the path of life you feel he's called you to. Maybe he's set you on a course, you know, where you just need to eat right and exercise and complete the course, right? Uh, maybe he's called you, I need you to get out of debt, and that's the thing you feel like God prompted you on. And so you just got to be faithful in that. And it's kind of boring, you know? You work and you pay off debt. It's not nearly as fun as buying new cool toys, it's important. You be faithful. You move forward on mission. He can redirect you if he needs to, as you're faithfully following the mission he gave you. Once he gives you a mission, you're faithful. In Acts 16, it's so cool. Paul and his and his companions. He's been given a mission by God to be the apostle of the Gentiles, to plant churches, to share the good news of Jesus. And he goes out, and in Acts 16, you see him like, I think we'll go preach the gospel here. And it's so interesting. It says the Holy Spirit stopped him. Okay, I don't know what's happening there, but for some reason, the door was closed. Maybe God knew they weren't ready. He was preparing, you know, the soil needs to be prepared. I don't know. And now, so he's like, okay, we, we hit our head against the wall here. Let's go over here and preach the gospel. And so he goes over there, and again, God wouldn't let him. So they're like, okay, well, that was a door closed too. Now what do we do? And Paul has a dream in the night where a man from Macedonia is begging him, please come preach the gospel to us. So that's what they do. God can redirect you while you're being faithful in the thing he's called you to be. Learn to be faithful while you wait. Number five, get serious about seeking him. Verse 23, it says, In accordance with his command through Moses. They obeyed the Lord. Why? In accordance with his command through Moses. What did Moses do? He was a man who sought after God. In fact, it says he was a friend of God. He spent 40 days fasting on a mountaintop with God. Twice. He was... Somebody, I mean, time after time, he would meet with God in that tabernacle. He would would take his frustrations. Oh, man, he got frustrated with these people. They grumbled, they complained. Good thing us Christians would never do anything like that, right, these days. He got frustrated. He took those frustrations to God. Sometimes God got frustrated, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a really interesting relationship as you read it. Moses, he was a man who sought after God. That's how he knew the commands of God to communicate to the people of God. He was an intimate with God. He, he had a relationship with God. Jesus, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the Jesus, so John the Baptist said, I saw the Holy Spirit descend and remain on him. Jesus, more than anyone who has ever walked the face of this planet was intimate with the Father, had this intimate relationship with the Father and and the Holy Spirit more than anyone who ever lived. And yet, what's the pattern you see in Jesus' life? What did he have to do? Get up early, go up to the mountain, and pray all by himself. He needed to spend time alone with his Father. You see that in Mark chapter 1, after a long night of ministry. He goes, prays. They find him, they're like, whoa, what are you doing? Luke 6, he prays all night. It's a pattern you see. Frequently, Jesus will get alone and seek God. Psalm 37 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. If Jesus, who is more connected with the Father and the Holy Spirit than any Person that ever walked the face of the planet had to get away and get alone with his father. Do you think maybe you do? And I do? Do you think maybe we need to set some time for seeking him? And both from my personal experience and from other people's experience, I think we, we often, or we hear most clearly from God when we are intensely seeking him. It's just this pattern I've seen. You want to hear from God? Well, why don't you set aside some time to really seek him in your life? The times you see God moving powerfully are so often connected to intensely seeking God through prayer. Remember when Peter was in prison in Acts? Peter was in prison in Acts, and actually an angel busts him out. You know what was happening as the angel comes and busts him out? It's a really cool scene. You should go read it. Read Acts. In fact, if you haven't read the Bible before and you're just kind of checking it out, you should read the book of John and the book of Acts. That would be a great spot to start. Just start one chapter a day. Just start reading through it. Put it on your app. You can download a free Bible app, the Bible app. You can listen to it for free. Just play it on your way to work. Messaging and data read supply. <laughs> Sorry, disclaimer. Get away. Get alone with God. Get alone with Him. As, as Peter was in prison, they were praying. The church was praying fervently. So much so that it's a funny story. When he comes and knocks on the door, they're, so in, they're intensely praying for him. And the girl's like, opens the door and doesn't even let him in and comes to tell everybody, everybody, ah, Peter is out at the door. What? They didn't believe her. She's like, no, really. Like, we're praying for him. Yes. And then your prayers were answered. Well, why didn't you let him in? It's a great story. Go read it. Here's the point: is we want to hear from God, but we're not willing to put the reps in. Some of you know this. You you want a different body than the body you have, but confession up to this point. I, I have you been willing to put the reps in? Kind of important, huh? And when it comes to our relationship with God, do you have any spiritual fervor in your life? Have you noticed that when you don't eat or drink for a meal, um, you notice that? You know, you go a day and you're like, oh, I'm hungry." I taught that word to my son. I shouldn't have. He uses it too often now. You recognize it. Spiritually seeking God and spending time with God is like food and water for your soul. How many times can you go days, weeks, even months just ignoring that? And you're like, why do I feel so dry in my relationship with God? When's the last time you fasted? Just gave up food for a meal or gave up something for a week? When's the last time you gave up distractions and and spent a solid hour praying and seeking God? My wife used to, with the missions, group with she was with, they fasted every Friday. And it's like, wow, that just seems normal in the missions field. Why isn't that normal in our everyday life? It's a good question. You know, this is hard to do. Breaking free of distraction and setting some time away to real, really seek God. It is hard to do. But the most important habits in life are typically simple. They're not complicated, but they're hard to do. I know all the right things to do to get into great shape. but It's hard to do, isn't it? It's hard to do. Get serious about seeking him. Up at our men's retreat a couple years ago, they did this cool thing. They do it every year. Um, Scott and, and, and Link had the guys go out into the into the woods and just, like, For a solid hour, no distractions, no phones, just go seek God. Just go ask, God, what would you speak to me? And out of that whole group of guys that probably many of them would normally be like, I struggle to hear from God, almost every single one of them came back and said, wow, this is what God spoke to me during that time. What did it take? Setting a little time aside. Clearing some distractions away. Because distractions will distract your spirit from paying attention to what God is saying. And we're so so easily distracted, aren't we? Just the other day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go read my Bible and pray for a little while. And I pull up, open my computer, and there's the cool guitar tube amp videos from YouTube from the night before. And before I know it, some of you are geeks, nerds. I'm kind of a music gear nerd. Before you know it, I'm like, oh, that's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, right? Cats. Some of you, it's cats, isn't it? (laughs) As we close, let me just ask you, would you stand? Have you become okay or being resigned to being someone who doesn't hear from God? Have you just kind of gotten used to that and like, okay. The way that the Christian life is meant to be lived is that you would daily be attentive to the Holy Spirit. And you would be seeing him move in your life and in the lives around you on a regular basis. How do you do that? You got to cultivate awareness of his presence. Set your heart on his agenda. On his agenda. You know, so many times we just use God like sort of a cosmic consultant when it comes to hearing from him. I'll pray and seek him when I have a big decision, a crisis I'm facing in my life. Then I'll pray. He wants you to be involved in his agenda. Pay attention daily to what he's saying to you. Learning to be faithful while you wait because... Don't expect it to be traumatic all the time. And getting serious about seeking him in life. Here's my challenge for you, should you choose to accept it. Would you make an hour this week just to be silent and listen to him? Now some of you, you need to get in scripture daily and you need to maybe begin praying daily and a great way to do that, maybe just write the Lord's Prayer out and stick it to your mirror and pray it intentionally, thoughtfully, not just wrote every day for a while. See how that helps you. But I want to challenge you this week. Would you set aside an hour? Maybe skip a meal. Maybe if, if you can do it, skip a days worth of meals and set that lunch hour aside and just... Get somewhere away from all technology and distractions. Go out into the desert. we got lots of great places. Find a spot in the shade and just say, God, what would you speak to me? Can you imagine how it would impact and transform our valley if hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just at Life Community Church began seeking God on a, on a daily basis were people who heard from him in their lives, I think it would be powerful. I think it would transform our community. And I think the ripples would go on to transform our world. Would you become, would you step up to becoming a person who takes hearing from God and following his lead seriously in your life? Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for each person here, Lord. I pray for that person that maybe has gotten frustrated in the past and, and written off hearing from you or even wonders, God, are you even real? That you would, they would seek you this week and you would show up in their life in a profound way that would impact them. Lord, I pray that there would be some people here today that, whose lives would be marked, that this would be a change moment, and they would go on and they would hear things from you. You would guide them in ways that would go on to transform the lives of thousands upon millions of people in this world, God. May we be a people who follow you each and every day. Thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, Lord. We love you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.